Hey guys, welcome back to Straight Talks with Moferi Waju, and I am, of course, Moferi Waju. I enunciated it because some people don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, so there you go. It's Moferi Waju. Uh, welcome you guys to the new week with a new update, and I hope you guys will love it from the last one, mental health and masculinity. This one is on domestic violence. I know, I know, you guys are probably like, why are you stressing us with all these painful topics? But I have to do it because no one else is going to do it. So take a seat and grab your popcorn and listen to my audio. You can do something, guys, but listen to my audio. Now, guys, domestic violence is something everybody has definitely witnessed or experienced one time or the other. You probably see a man threatening to hit his wife or something. That is domestic violence. Where we see a father spanking or beating a child for so with so much effort than what exactly the child did. That is domestic violence. Now, it's a thing, it's a very big thing, especially when it's affecting the majority of us, because a lot of people in this part of the country, continent, can attest to the fact that they have witnessed or experienced domestic violence once or more than once in their lifetime. Now, domestic violence as defined is a violence of or other abuse in a domestic setting, such as a marriage or a cohabitation. Cohabitation in the sense that a close relationship between the offender and the victim. The offender being the abuser and then the victim being the abused in that kind of scenario. Yeah. This kind of domestic violence could range from between child maltreatment, domestic and innate partner violence, the husband and the wife and the boyfriend and the girlfriend, that kind of thing, yeah. Sexual abuse and violence. Now, I mentioned child maltreatment. That's something we hear every day. Like, it's a take punch newspaper today. You see one parent beat the other parent, the other child, and threw him away something, did something, did something. You hear... Uh, a wife is suing her husband to court because he beat her with chains or this kind of thing. It is domestic violence at its peak. Now, in this part of the continent, most people have appreciated or have, have adapted to the fact that domestic violence is a norm. It has been normalized that uh, it's no big deal, please. Uh, did you know about Cindy was beating his wife today? Oh, please. How many beatings have we seen? How many this has have that happened? It's a lot and it has been normalized. Now, between partners, it could it could start from when one partner feels the need to control or dominate the other. And because of this, it's not like it's not far-fetched. It just starts from different causes. Like maybe the male partner feels low self-esteem issues, it feels extreme jealousy, difficulties in regulating anger. Excessive alcohol intake and drug taking. Now, hmm, many of us may not realize this because we've normalized it to like, it's nothing, it's not a big deal. Now, domestic violence in every proportion or every part of it, every um, level, it has adverse effect on everybody. There's nobody that has passed through or witnessed domestic violence that has positive effect on them. Even if the person is a witness and then a child, yes, let's take a child. And then there's a father and a mother. They're fighting. The man hits the wife, hits the wife or molests the wife in the presence of the child. You may not see physical um, effect on the child. Like the child may not become mad or something. But you're probably ingraining 
something in each other. That is how a family is supposed to be. The man is supposed to beat the wife. The wife is supposed to be submissive and get all the punishment in good faith and all of that thing. That is an effect. It changes or screws with a child's um, psychological thinking and everything else. Because the child is just growing and is learning something from you. That's how you hear cases whereby someone calls in a radio station and is like, I don't feel like my, well, I don't feel like a man if I don't beat my wife. I don't feel like a man if my wife is not submissive. I don't dominate her in every part of the life or every aspect of our living. That started from somewhere. It could be from childhood. It could be from, I don't know lots of experiences people just pick up on experiences without actually knowing that they picked up experiences now domestic violence have adverse effects like i have said effects could range from anxiety disorders depression emotional distress and eating and sleeping disorders like you get insomnia you get anorexia bulimia some people turn away from food when they are in those kind of situations some people turn to food and then have high risk of heart attack and all of that thing because why they turn to food from domestic violence now if we were to look at it there are lots of causes of domestic violence like if we look at it there's lots of causes it could range from access to weapon like if a person has access to chains to ropes to um things that they could use to beat someone Things they could just use to injure someone. That's a probable cause of domestic violence. Because in a fit, in a fit of anger or a fit of, of or a spell of anger, someone could pick the nearest thing and then hit it on someone. That's a domestic violence in its own proportion, not necessarily intentional or just that fit of anger that rolls over to picking up the nearest thing you see and hitting someone. That's why I would never advise a mother to. Be angry with a child and then pick up a slippers or pick up the turning stick, pick up the mortar and throw it. That's domestic violence. You know, that's one probable cause. Access to weapon. Two, the influence of one's peers. You know, I said it sometime. I said it in the, my preceding thoughts that um, um, causes of domestic violence in families or cohabitation could range from low self-esteem, um, internal and external factors. Now, influence on one's peers. Now, if a man is a good man and then goes out to drink with his friends and all of that thing, and then one friend is talking about, ah, yesterday I beat my wife and I felt like a man. She just poured water on the rug. And then you're like, why would you do that? That's how a man's supposed to do. You're supposed to dominate your wife. And then you feel like, wow, this is a good idea. I need to try this. Then from there, you start by depriving the wife the things she's supposed to have by giving strict um, instructions, giving high-ended um, regulations and boundaries for your wife. It starts from there. A third probable cause, having lack of attention or respect. If a person feels like they've been de deprived of their respect, their attention, they tend to turn violent. They tend to turn, turn obstinate and... And then they flare up, they beat someone, they abuse the person because why? You took something from me, you abused my respect, you abused my, my stance in your life and all of that thing. Now, 
witnesses witnessing violence in the homes now i already mentioned it earlier but i'm going to reiterate now the fact the one where i said the one where i said a a child witnessed um violence in the home and then from there he decides that this is how a family setting is supposed to be the wife is supposed to be sub submissive the husband is supposed to be dominating and then that's the balance of life that's a probable cause of domestic violence because from there the child goes up to do that same thing to its own family and then it feels like there's nothing wrong with it because what my dad did it to my mom and they're probably still together and then it mustn't be wrong it's it has to be right it has to be right that like, since my daddy did it then i can do it and it's gonna be right that's how it's supposed to be we could also say that fear is also a factor or a cause of domestic violence if a person fears that the natural balance of life has been unsettled then he decides to he, he can tend to become violent he can tend to become um hungry can tend to become um uh, foul mouthed and all of that thing you know when i said a person feels like you've disrespected them or a man especially feels like the wife is making more money in the house let's use that scenario the wife is making more money in the house and then the man is making less money and then at the end it starts to feel like the balance has been shifted that the wife is definitely going to turn on him and then from there the fact that he knows that her having more money than him could make her turn on him and then has to load over him it could turn that simple fear that something like that to hap could happen can make a man flare up and become violent to his wife because if he's like in the end she's going to come and do that to me so why can't i just do it first before she gets that mind and just come out give me all the bag of dough that she has now i'm going to deviate a little into gender-based violence like you know gender-based violence is violence committed putting one gender against the other like a violence from the male to the female because or from the female to the male because it happens females can be aggressive can be violent too they can be violent and i'm talking about pms situation please not everybody has pms situations okay now gender-based violence like gender-based violence stem from a lot of things from family setting like if a person has been brought up in a family whereby the boy is seen as the lord over the girl even though it doesn't matter the age the boy always has to be right always has to be the leader always has to be those things violence and hatred everything can stem from that simple classification two ample gender norms like if you pit a man against a woman and you tell the man you're stronger than the woman there's definitely going to be the fact that the woman feels angry feels obsessed with passing the man feels with um shaming the man obsessed with um um obsessed with destroying the reputation of the man or just ruining the man because you're always saying it's better than me it's not better than me but i have to show you that it can be rude to it can be ruined and then it stemmed from that harmful gender norms pride jealousy lust all of those things are part of it now having said all of those things i'd like to branch out from um domestic violence into a probable a very very important and probable cause of domestic violence a a high cause like a cause that is on high level now that is anger now everybody feels anger at a certain point of time anger is a positive normal human feeling but it can be problematic when it leads to aggression 
outbursts and even physical altercations like not everybody in this world knows how to contain their anger or control their anger and if you think back to all those cases of domestic violence you have read or seen or heard or watched and of those things you would see a slight indication that anger had a thing to do with it uncontrolled anger everybody feels anger my mom feels anger i feel anger you could probably feel anger for a tiny little thing you've probably heard cases where you, you hear father kills stepdaughter for stealing a sachet of water and you're like thinking the fuck i can't even do that to someone else you're thinking you can't do that to someone else but there's someone somewhere that lost control of his anger and then killed his stepdaughter for stealing a sachet of water think about it it's probable it's actually probable and two you can have cases of man kills wife and beheads her that is extreme but then you you're out of your mind thinking how can a human being do this this is sad this is traumatic you don't know that someone somewhere lost control of their anger or did not think before they did something they acted on their anger and anger can be a very dangerous hazardous emotion as much as anger is good in helping you sort out your feelings sort out your your trash your rubbish your craps anger can be a fire a fire like a servant that c comes back to bite the master in the ass anger can be that because anger can turn you into a maniac lead you up to jail straight to jail be straight away to jail hmm do you know these examples I just give are examples of domestic violence because when a father kills his stepdaughter, that's domestic violence. When a man kills his wife, that's domestic violence. Yeah. Do you know in some places, some wives even think that a man beating her is a sign of love? Don't let me even go into that right now. Let me just stop here and go on to my anger. No, not my anger, the anger. Now, as I was saying, Many of these cases that we've heard of domestic violence, we tend to ignore the fact that there's something that keeps reoccurring. That anger was lost. You lost your temper. You lost control of your anger. And that is the rate at which people have been losing their tempers, doing things irrationally is alarming because if everybody loses anger over a single thing, a tiny little thing, a, 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 a crack in the wall, then that means nobody's safe because anger rules the day anger is the emotion that controls every action and you cannot let anger control your action you have to control your anger because if you don't control your anger it could be like a fire that if not stopped small it can go up to consume a whole community take that to the bank take that to the bank because i just served you a plate of gold take it to the bank babe. now to round up Besides the fact that I just stated that anger is a cause, uncontrolled anger, a lot of people cannot control their anger. They have anger issues. They are very irritable. Like me, I'm very irritable. Any little thing like this, I'll spark. But I'm trying to control my anger, so I think everybody else should. Because anger is a very, very recurring factor in domestic violence cases. Yeah. To save you guys all the trouble, trouble, trouble of trying to control your anger, I have prepared a eight-pointer, a eight-pointer um, 
uh, <laughs> eight pointer in how to control your anger. And let me just go straight into it because there's no time no more. Now, one, you have to recognize the warning signs because everybody knows that you have anger issues. You have, you can't control your temper. So you yourself know that. So you have to recognize the warning signs, the telltale signs that you're getting angry. Like when your heart is pounding fast, you're, you're gritting your teeth, your body's shaking, you're raising your voice, your fists are tightening. That's, those are signs that could tell you that you're trying to, you're beginning to lose your anger. And then you have to control yourself, bring yourself back to senses and act like a rational human being. Two, you need to know why you're angry. Because if you don't know why you're angry, it's just like you're acting on a whim. You're acting on something that is not reasonable. And then that, in that case, you make yourself an unreasonable person. Three, try writing it down. I know a lot of people don't like scorn the idea of having a diary because like, why will I have a diary? No, a diary makes someone look weak. How will you be telling your book, your feelings? Well, writing down things that make you angry, things that, that make you, that pisses you off is a good way to recognize that you're starting to get angry. Because if you've written down already, you know that this thing is pissing me off. I didn't, I can't, I can't be here when this person is doing because maybe just writing your diary could save you a lifetime in jail for killing someone. I'm not saying you kill somebody, just, that's just assume four count down now many people can count down count down from 10 to any number you can count down to count down from any number to zero because counting down gives you more time to relax counting down before acting gives you time to think five press pause dear press pause put a stopper on your action at first because if you act at first instance, you lose your temper and then you do something you don't want to do. Six, exercise. Exercise is an awesome way to let off steam. Walking about, uh, running, stretching, you let off steam with those ways. Seven, talk to someone. You have no idea how much talking can do for you because it seems to work therapy sessions. You talk to your therapist. You're not even doing anything stressful. You're just talking and gisting. So talking to someone is a good way to let off steam before acting. Eight, take some time, take some time out to relax. Now, if you're a person that you get angry and then someone can tell you, brother John, I'm sorry. I took your pain and then I used it and it broke. Don't just shout at the first thing that I said it broke. What is wrong with you? How can you take my stuff? Calm down. Brother John, I took your pain and it broke. Calm down. 10, 9, 8, 2, 0. Rest. You can, in fact, just leave him and just go away. Just go away and just rest. And then come back later to say, why would you take my pen? You know I keep that pen for important reasons. You see, you've diffused the situation. Find your chill style. Find your chilling mode find your chilling position just chill and and bank on it take it to the bank relax sit on your stretch chair and relax don't just be angry because i don't want to see you go to jail no now let me just add a few tiny it's a bit of details don't react immediately take moments to think and don't yell if you don't want to do the eight pointer just do the three pointer don't react immediately Take moments to think deep and purposeful thoughts before acting. And three, don't yell. Yelling doesn't save anything. 
And with all this due respect of mine, guys, I am going to end this session. I hope you guys enjoyed this and I hope you guys took something from it. It has been an honor saying this, presenting this to you. Thank you guys for listening. I'll be seeing you. No, I'll be talking to you next time on my next post. Mwah!